Welcome back, y'all, to episode 167 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast at the same time as informing as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Okay, so today we have a good show lined up for you. I'm kind of going to be getting into a topic I have not tackled yet, and that is the Ukrainian-Russian war. And I really wanted to focus on something very specific within this, and that is the Wagner Group. Okay, the Wagner Group is a private military company that is believed to have close ties to the Russian government and is directly, is often directly a shadow or mysterious organization. The group is believed to have been established in 2014 by Yenich Promotsyzhen, a businessman who is closely associated with President Vladimir Putin. Promotsyzhen is also called Putin's chef. The group has been linked to various military operations within Syria, Ukraine, and Africa, and is thought to have a significant role in Russian military interventions interventions in those countries. The group is also believed to have been involved in recruiting and training and fighting in various conflicts around the world, and has has been linked to organization, criminal organization, and groups in several countries. Despite the many reports and rumors surrounding this group, let it known that certain activities about this group seem illegitimate. So why do I want to talk about this? First of all, I kind of learned a little bit about the Wagner Group today, and there was a lot of different things that sparked interest, and within the show, I'm going to be getting into it. I'm going to give you an overall layout of the group, how they operate, what they do, Um, kind of getting into the owner. I'm just going to call him... Putin chef, uh, how he plays a role in it, and kind of look into the how this could potentially shape the war within Ukraine and potentially the wars around the world. So let's get into it. Okay, so the Warren Group. So what really stuck out about this group is when it started in 2014, it had close to about a hundred operators, um, and these operators vary. A lot of them are mostly Russian. It is a mercenary group. They are soldiers for hire. Um, The general age within these soldiers, which is interesting, ranges from about 35 to 50. And you might be thinking that's pretty old for a soldier. But when we look at the professional operator or someone who has military background or potential special operating military background, like for example, not that it's comparable, but just to give you an idea, if we look at special forces within the United States of America, or better known as the Green Beret, the general average age of this operating group is within the 30s and up. So these are really well-trained soldiers within the Green Beret. It's kind of not the same thing as the Wagner group, but comparable in the fact that they're older soldiers. 
And just because they're older, essentially what they have is a lot more military experience. Now, the Wagner Group's information is a little bit shady. You know, this is kind of what we've been able to find just through open source information. I'm sure the classified information is going to be a little bit different about them. I'm kind of providing it, but giving you an overall kind of idea of the payment of the Wagner Group. If we look at Russia as a whole, I think the the, the payment people make monthly is around $650. Um, if we look at what the Wagner Group is paying monthly, it can be anywhere between three to five grand, really depending on the, the training of the soldiers. Um, now, the Wagner Group, you know, there's a lot of thought that they are they're in quite a bit of Russian conflicts. And, you know, kind of getting into the background of them, when we look at Yanovich Prinavazhin, gosh, I wish I could read Russian. Um, he's actually on the FBI Most Wanted list, and he's been on there for quite a, quite a while. Um, kind of, he start. He was early in 2014, but he's kind of being considered as doing a lot of illegitimate things within the United States. And um, when we read it, it says he's wanted by the FBI for allegedly involving in conspiracies to defraud the United States by impairing obst- obstructions and defending the lawful functions of the Federal Election Commission. The United States Department of Justice and the United States the Department of State is indicating this blah 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 the point is 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 they're kind of wanting him um he speaks russian he speaks indonesian and he's often in qatar he has tied to these organizations um so he the guy's a pretty interesting dude he's you can tell he's been through quite a bit when i when i did a little bit of research on him he was actually arrested during the 80s um for assault battery and stealing um, and this is during the Soviet Union, um, and he was tried for 13 years after the collapse of the Soviet Union. He only served roughly nine, and there he'd kind of work his way to the top. And by the top, I mean becoming very trusted by Putin. Um, and to be trusted by Putin is really saying something because the guy doesn't trust anybody. And this is kind of where the nickname, the Rush, the Putin chef, has been known. So... Right now, a lot of information is blowing up about him as it like kind of refers to the Wagner Group. The Wagner Group is currently operating within Ukraine, and they have some very interesting tactics. You know, when they talk about, you know, the conflict in Russia, you know, the first thing we look at the Wagner Group that popped out of my mind is the fact that there's no legal withstanding. There's no Geneva Convention holding, holding over them because they're mercenaries. Whenever you hire a mercenary force, you know, they, they don't really adhere to the same rules of battle because they're paid soldiers. So oddly enough, as a result of having this mercenary group within Ukraine, it kind of gives the Russian government the ability to do things that are quote-unquote unethical. And this group is already known for having atrocities. Um, I really can't speak to their fighting capabilities because I was reading one tw- tweet that said 70% of them have been taken out but this is from a ukrainian source other ones are saying that they're quite good at fighting so i wish i could actually get the information of their tactical capabilities i didn't find that but what's really interesting is what the russian government is currently doing is they're taking prisoners out of jail 
and they're giving them the opportunity to fight with the Wagner group. And if they don't die, when they come back to Russia, they have their freedom. So, I mean, with that being said, it's kind of like a, a ragtag group. And there's considered potentially to be 50,000 troops operating within this and within Ukraine. Um, you know, they were used also with the they were also used within Crimea. Um, and whenever we're kind of looking at these tactics that kind of go in, you know, the United States did have mercenaries like Blackwater whenever they went into Iraq. And there was some conflicts at first about, you know, kind of the accountability and then some things went on TV. And then there was a lot of crackdown for, you know, the Senate to do, to have a lot more accountability for soldier troops like this. Well, Putin has no accountability for him, and they're kind of just letting him run wild within Ukraine. And what's interesting about it is, you know, the United States government has come out and called it a criminal organization. So with that, with that being said, whenever the United States deems them as a criminal organization, it kind of opens up this really interesting kind of gray area for conflict and battle because... The United States can't come out and say Russia's its enemy. We need to go to war, but with the Wagner Group being a um, military for hire mercenary organization, it gives the United States the ability to potentially attack, arrest, or go after these individuals. So, you know, like the the litigation of it or the rights to war is really kind of fascinating because now. United States could potentially have something at stake or saying, hey, you know, this is a criminal organization. We're potentially going to attack it or provide X amount of funds to the Ukrainian army in order to help them combat this force um, or provide things like cyber um, drone drone warfare technology, potentially information, intel, etc. Um so that's what makes the Wagner group really interesting to me is the fact that if we look at like the rules of war, obviously there are no rules of war, but the United States can now kind of indirectly potentially attack. Um, but this is kind of what's coming up about the Wagner group. And now the, you know, according to the Department of Treasury, this is a CNN article, is they're saying that what's happening is the DPK, or better known as North Korea, is starting to fund arms through railroad systems that are kind of going through to the Wagner Group in order to fight within the Ukrainian forces, which to me just sounds insane. But, well, yeah, what we're looking at is about 50,000 fighters. Um, 10,000 of them are actually contractors, and 40,000 of them are actually convicts is what the numbers that CNN are reporting. And I read another tweet from some security officer who killed like 80 women, okay? He's in Russian prison, and he's saying he wants to join the Wagner Group and go to Ukraine and fight. So, I mean, that guy is 80, that's, that's a crazy amount of people, and he's saying he wants to join this group, and the Russian government is going to, they haven't commented, I haven't found anything that they're going to fight, but... That's the type of people who are potentially joining this organization. I mean, just a band of, of prisoner and thieves, 10 contractors and 40,000 40, convicts. The term that's really used by the DOJ for this type of talk is the Transnational Criminal Organization. They call them TCOs. 
this too is what we would call um this also the terminology used for cartel it's really focused on any group who has paramilitary kind of experience um and they're working in some type of warfare criminal activity things like that and it's kind of i mean to me it's it's an interesting point now what 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 i don't know so here's what i don't know and here's what i think so what i don't know like i was stating before is how tactically sound this group is. I mean, 40,000 prisoners could potentially not be very good at fighting, not have any combat experience, not in shape, kind of been in prison, and now they're kind of out here fighting. But if they're fighting for their freedom in a cause, that kind of potentially could motivate them. What also could motivate them is the fact that if they've done heinous things and they could go back to Russia and potentially be pardoned, who knows? That could be something that allows someone to fight harder because of that motivation or they have nothing to lose. But you look at it from this standpoint, right now they are in kind of the strongest fight within Russia. There's a lot of conf- there's a lot of fighting happening right now in Bakhmut, which is an interesting city. It's an interesting city because it's Ukrainian, but there's parts of it right now too that have identified as Russian and it's it's there it there's a river that goes through it and then when you look at the river tactically um it's it's divvied up right now Russia's owning a part of it and the Wagner group mercenaries are there fighting as well so it's going to kind of show us their fighting capabilities I know the Ukrainians are actually building trenches and there's actually trench warfare going on but it's really crazy when you see the footage because it's trench warfare with people who have cell phones. So it's kind of like this really strange conflict where you have these this influence of technology, but it's really looking, it's also as the tactics of what's going, or what happened in World War One, the, the war to end all wars. So conflict-wise, when we look at Bakhmut and we're kind of seeing what's happening, the winter has not stopped the fighting, and with anything, it's kind of being exacerbated with training. Ukraine is going to get more forces, the Wagner Group is coming on, and this is an example of a tool that Russia could be using in order to get more strategic edge advantage and able to do a lot of different things that actually go against the um, the the rules of war. I mean, kind of not even following the Geneva Convention, just kind of being able to commit their own process and do whatever they want. So more to come out of it. I think it's a really interesting topic, you know, with my background in grad school with international security, things like this. So things, these things really stick out to me within, within my knowledge. But thank you guys for listening, and we will get back to you tomorrow.